I, I don't know where I would be without my family. Like, you know, that, yeah, the, the tougher thing is like trying to determine your purpose if you take all of these parts away, but it makes you reflect on what you could do differently to ensure that that foundation helps you grow as, a, as an individual. Hey guys, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink Repeat, the podcast for today's dad. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Palmer. Before we get into this week's episode, I have a favor to ask you guys. As you know, this is an independently run podcast, so your support really makes a difference. If you could take a minute and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. While you're at it, be sure to share this episode or any of your other favorites with a fellow dad. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions you'd like to share, you can always send them my way at todaysdad at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. Hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. We're joined today by dad to two husband. He's the CEO of Sky Bioscience and the co-founder of Yell Canada. And he is the author of Catapult, How to Think Like a Corporate Athlete to Strengthen Your Resilience. Puni Dillon. Man, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks again for having me, Anthony. This is wonderful. I just wanted to say that, you know, it's really unique to be able to be, uh, participate in a podcast like this, you know, fatherhood. It's such a interesting uh, responsibility or role that we play. You mentioned all these different, um, uh, you know, things that I'm particularly involved with. The one I'm most proud of is is being a father, and um, it's a, it's a, like you said. I think you said this in your own podcast. Like, it's a parenthood is a great equalizer, and it's great to be able to learn from others. And and this whole concept that your podcast has about uh, building a better tomorrow based on these principles we learn as parents and then the fatherhood and the whole idea of growth, the struggles, listening to victories and stuff like that. That's so, that's so cool. That's those experiences are what really shapes uh, the future for this next generation. I appreciate it, man. I mean, that's the, in the foundation of the, of the podcast, it's funny. We, um, the guy who co-founded the show with me, our, our conversation that we had was we want to talk to people who are, CEOs or athletes or, you know, reporter, whatever your walk of life is that it is and say, take that hat and kind of put it aside for a minute and talk to us about your life as a father, as a dad, and how that maybe affects your lens at work versus which I think so many of the conversations normally are is, all right, you're a business leader, you're an athlete, you're whatever. How does that shape who you are at home? How does that affect, you know, looking at it, kind of flipping it up on its head? And um, it's been it's been really interesting hearing um, just how much that actually, how much the, of the world of managing the little people in your house and making sure that they don't turn out to be assholes and that they don't kill you uh, yeah. really, <laughs> really keeps you on the right path at work and everything else. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we learned so much. Like the, That's a, such an important concept. I, um, I, I was, I'm reminded of like, sometimes when we're bringing on new people, uh, I look at my own, my, my wife and you know, how busy she is and active with the, the, our girls and active in, in school with, you know, other kids and just, just the overall community, but that juggling act and how it translates into the business world is so impressive. And, and, it's, it's to me, I think the, mo- the most highest performing people that I have ever worked with have that big responsibility at home. They're, yeah. you know, they have 
uh, they understand the importance of uh, paying attention to their children and raising their children. If you have one or four or five, I think we have a, a few employees that have, um, I think more than four children, I'm losing lot, time, but, but it's like, it's like, you know, it's like you, they have to do that and then they do their job exceptionally well. It's just because they're really well organized and really well structured and, and that there's great translation of both. So I think we always learn a lot from what happens in the, in terms of the household, if you can have your house in order, you definitely have your business in order. Yeah. Well, and you're not joking, man. You guys have two daughters that are uh, 11 and nine. So my, my oldest, my daughter, Anderson, she's 10. And then my son, Oliver's three. Um, but that, that nine, 10, 11 range with, uh, with not just one daughter, but two for the boat you're in. That's, that's a wild ride, man. <laughs> yeah. You guys are in the thick of it right now, huh? <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like the thick of it was, honestly for me the thick of it was like the beginning part because yeah there was like this you know when you know when kids are newborns it's pretty much eat you know sleep and you know that repeat play and stuff like that. <laughs> but then they then they go through this three-year-old phase where there's a there's a really a large learning curve a lot of like hands-on involvement and then now yeah. you know i'm feel really <laughs> lucky you know blessed uh, our two girls are just um, amazing individuals. They just um, they light up the, the the room, and they have been uh, of learning so much from them at this point. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely days where like you know where everyone's ready to pull each other's hair out. They're ready to pull their <laughs> hair out. And I'm ready to pull my hair. But but overall, like I have to say, it's uh, it's actually been really really fun this 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 phase of their life. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Do you guys um because you guys are out in California, right? Yeah, that's right. Where are you based out of, by the way? I'm in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So, oh, okay, awesome. That's East Coast. Yeah, never been there. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. spot, man. It's a beautiful yeah. spot. We love it much. But are you guys um, kind of enjoying the the 2021 version of summer compared to our, our COVID summer last year and everything? Or have you guys kind of taken yes. uh, taken lessons from that even and seen improvements as, of how you operate? Definitely, you know, I uh, pre-COVID uh, traveled extensively. Like I, my wife and I joke that's like uh, the um, key to our the success of our marriage is because I spent fifty percent of the time away. Right? <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here looking over at my dad as you say that because I told you you were sitting here, and that's his yeah. and my mom's uh, excuse for being married for 30 plus years now is okay, he's never always, home. <laughs> we, always have that, we always have that great feeling of missing each other. Uh, so we, yeah, with the last 18 months, we've definitely had a lot more time together and it's been amazing. And I, I've, I'm really, you know, feel on one side, that's been a, a big, big um, blessing uh, in, uh, in disguise with, with what we've had to deal with in terms of the, the tragic and hard hardship around the COVID um, uh, pandemic, but um, that time together uh, has definitely opened up a lot more different experiences. So yeah, we're starting to uh, travel again, but locally and do these different um, excursions amongst, you know, different parts of California. We were in Ojai, uh, California um, just a few weeks ago, really enjoyed it there. got a chance awesome, to see, man. Uh, do some amazing hikes and and really take in that that whole valley, which was really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, 
So talk a little bit about um, Catapult. So, I mean, and, and like we talked about, obviously, this is the, the focus of the show here is more the, the dad piece than everything else. But there's we know that there, we've talked about now so many of the similarities there. Yeah. Um, if you want to give maybe like a little synopsis of like what the book is, but but I, I would love for you to kind of lean towards the your 10 pillars and why you you wrote those, why those 10 are yours and kind of your purpose for for sharing them with everyone. Sure, sure. So, so yeah, Catapult is just, is a, it's, it's about how to think like a corporate athlete and strengthen your resilience and how you can attain success from um, uh, whatever you want to achieve. So it's defined for yourself. I believe that there is a lot of, or many different similarities in behavior and training and the approach that athletes take. And Mm -hmm. then that translates into the entrepreneurial world. So that's why this term corporate athlete, I didn't come up with that term. It's been around since the nineties. Um, but certainly I think, uh, uh, trying to bring it, uh, bring it back into, uh, today's culture and, yeah. and have people kind of relate to that. Uh, I believe that everyone entrepreneurs or leaders, they, they have this, uh, focus on trying to realize their dream and they want to, be disruptive and innovative and try to do breakthroughs. And so this book is uh, my, my unique experience in terms of catalyzing that. I think that's the underlying premise of the book. And it, that's why the name is called catapult because I wanted to really feel, capture that feeling of the athletic success and how it translates into the workplace and the boardroom and overall life. Um, and as you noted, it's so it is broken up into ten principles, and and it's written for anyone looking to kind of accelerate their progress. Uh, the key part of the book is a framework. Um, uh, two two main things that I think are part of the framework. One is to reach an ideal performance state, and then the important, the most important thing I think the takeaway in the book is living with purpose to make an impact. Yeah. Um, so I'm I. I've captured some of the principles that work well for me, but it's really a call to action for others to frame their own principles. And I've used different anecdotes and experiences um, so you can, so people can find the, find that for themselves. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for reading the book. No, absolutely, man. And it's, I, um, I'm a uh, self-proclaimed, I guess, student of philosophy. I love reading about the Stoics and, and yeah. all of that. And um, I, I love the way you kind of broke the book down, uh, the, a lot of your quotes in it. And again, I, I mean, like I told you, full disclosure, I haven't worked my way yeah. fully through it, but it, at a, at a quick glance, um, you know, there's, there's so much of just that, those basic, um, I said pillars earlier, so I apologize because you do call them principles, but there, there's so much to having just kind of those core principles of our lives and, and knowing, what they are. And you, your, your first one in the book, you, you start with, um, it's begin, right. Is the first of the 10. Yeah. Um, That's part of the theme is that the first one's this whole idea of accountability, true accountability. And yeah, you you mentioned stoicism, you know, like that's big part of stoicism was uh, around how it starts and ends with, uh, an individual, but just like you were, mentioned in your podcast, like you're, we're helping frame a better future a better right. uh, for someone else. It's not about us. It's about collectively the, we, but the, why I start with true accountability and, and it, yes, it's adapted from the same type of philosophies is that 
before we, before we form our communities and look to others and we have our ourselves to answer to. So it's that specific space of solitude where you make a vow of responsibility to yourself before you're confident enough to to really make a larger change in the world and yeah. put your mark on it. And that's when you know the, then 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 you bring in everyone else to help to help uh, help that action take place. Well, and then the 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 hum the humility of ending with change, right? So the last you move through all of them, right, and then you get to this spot of change, which is like. You, know, you get it. You've got your process. You know what you're doing, and then it's all right. Well, we got to adapt. We got to. You know, we're always learning. We're always growing, and I think yeah. that that's the piece that those those two, um, looking at that and thinking about it as a as the correlation to to parenthood and what you were just even saying about being, not really being in the thick of things at nine and eleven, but where you were at three. You know, it yeah. it changes like that. I mean, you there's a moment where you're like, I got this. Like, I am killing this thing and then you wake up the next day and you're like nope i am absolutely not <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I have i have failed miserably <laughs> um, yeah exactly and it may change 10 times a day even you know you might <laughs> yeah. well that's part partially why i continue to like do like these endurance sports is that's the only time i can feel that high in self-accountability like yes i achieved that but when it comes to like the other stuff day to day i'm like wow i miserably failed at that i can probably improve on this Yep. Um, so I think you, you, you recognize right away that the arc of the book, right? It does yeah. start with this individual reflection, leading a journey through helping people find their purpose. And then these underlying things that catalyze this idea of Mavericks, which is the last, you know, the important um, chapter, the one that you're referring to about change. And that's about people willing to challenge the current state of affairs. And there's always room, room for improvement. Right. And, our willingness to kind of dis- like our desire to disrupt. So yeah, there's, there's this, this really cool arc and it comes back to um, uh, a lot of this, you know, in terms of what we learn from our own children. It's a, a very amazing, you know, when they get to a certain age or maturity with nine and 11 year old girls, I'm dealing with like a 21 year old and a 19 year old. I feel like, you know, majority of the time they're very mature, uh, more mature than I was at 11 and nine. Sure. So how that, and that was a great segue into my next question to you. How do you take all of this, this wealth of knowledge that you have about this and your own core principles that, you know, define you and have helped you to be who you are and distill that down and share that with your kids without it being, overwhelming and without and without feeling like you're butting your head against the wall right because like i'll give you i'll give you a great i'm asking this genuinely because i feel at a loss at times with this right so the other day my daughter like i said she she just turned 10 in may and she really wanted a mountain bike a new bike but she wanted like a mountain bike mountain bike like we'll get you a mountain bike we'll go trail riding we'll start easy we'll work through it you know it'll be fun it'll be this stuff this thing we can do together yeah. And so we went the other day for the first time together, like actually on trail and it went as bad as I expected it to go. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like been there, been there in the exact same way. <laughs> I know exactly what you're, what you're so, talking about. You know, my wife's a, my wife's an ER doc. And like the first, last thing she says to me before we leave the house is like, don't let her get hurt. I'm like, she's fine. We're good. We're good. Like yeah. first two seconds on trail, she's got like a big old gash in her shin and has torn yeah. her shoe up on the chain ring. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. But you know, it, what it ended up becoming was less about the mountain biking 
And it became more conversation of us sitting there on the trail talking about how, yes, we were excited to do this together. And she was afraid that I was upset that she failed. And I'm like, no, like, this is not, I didn't expect you to get this. If you got this. Yeah. Like, great. But that's not the, that's not why we're out here. We're out here to learn and to experience it and to go. But that was a, you know, that was my, my recap on a 20 minute conversation full of tears and a lot of water breaks. Right. And I'm so, I'm so glad you did that. Like, that's exactly the approach that I would take. And I think that that's, um, I guess the evolution, I think that we were seeing, you know, the, I think the modern, from a modern day perspective, like the modern day parenthood, you know, it's definitely, it's evolved from, from how we were raised. Sure. And, I mean, your dad's right there. So I'm sure he can speak, uh, <laughs> speak <laughs> on his own behalf, but I think that, you know, it's, um, it's no longer about um, a father's no longer about the traditional breadwinner or the disciplinarian of the family. I think, sure. Like, you know, they come in, like fatherhood comes in so many different shapes and sizes now. Like you could be self-employed, you can be stay at home, you can be um, adoptive, step-parents, whatever. And, and the point you just brought up, I think the focus on that emotional connection or the communication is the part that we probably have learned from you know, our own parents. Fathers, yeah, I would agree. They, 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 they were, in my case, my dad was fairly good at communication, but it was in that situation, we wouldn't have spent enough time talking about that. It would have been like, sure. Hey, get, get, get on the bike and let's get going again. Um, but there would be other times where, you know, there, there would be that connection that, okay, you're clearly, you know, not feeling confident enough on the bike. So let's, let's help you get there and let's go do it again. And let's do it again until you feel, uh, you know, that was their, that was their approach. So thankfully, and I think, you know, we're, we're, uh, you're, you're being very mindful in terms of how you, you're speaking to your daughter in a situation like that, been in the exact same situation where I felt like I was pushing my agenda on mountain biking with my daughter instead right. of her telling me what she's comfortable with it. She's not comfortable going on gravel or she's not comfortable going off of like, you know, a, a, a small jump or something like that. Right. It, it might have to be that we're going to take it even simpler than what, what, you know, what, what might've been in my head of where she might be like my older daughter's five foot two already. So, uh, and, and she's like, she's capable of lifting me. She's just really strong. <laughs> so I often like have to recalibrate saying, yeah. no, just remember she's still only 11 and, and um, I can't just expect her to do everything that I would be doing myself. That's a really hard part about them at their, your oldest and, and my oldest, the age they are at with, it sounds like they both have a lot of elements of maturity where yeah. you, you got to remember that they're 10 and 11, right? Like that's a hard, and, and it, it gets harder by the day because you're talking about more things you're doing different experiences. Like I'm literally, we just got back from a water park. We've been at with the kids all day and my daughter brought her best friend with her and like, we let them go. I mean, we were in a, you know, somewhat contained area, but we were like, you guys can go and just come check in with us every little bit. And I was a wreck, man. I was like, (laughs) kept poking my head up, like trying to see them and everything. And like, they're good, but you gotta, it's, it's, it's such a balance. It's such a freaking balance, but um, I kind of hijacked my own question on you on that. So you're those principles, like, 
do you find yourself now that you've kind of put them into a book or prior to putting them in a book, even like, are those things that you found yourself kind of discussing with your daughters um, about like what makes you, you, how you tick, how you operate and, and hoping that they can kind of have some guidance in that? Or I mean, how is that? Have you shared that with them? Absolutely. I think like one of the big takeaways that I had from my parents that they, that they shared their own personal experiences. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. That's the benefits of having history. That's why people should study history so we can learn mistakes and, and evolve. Um, so same thing with our parents, like my parents, they shared their experiences. They shared their experiences in India. Um, they shared their experiences in New York. My mom was like held up at gunpoint, you know, in, in New York, my dad was studying, um, uh, 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 finishing his master's. Like they, they grew they, as young adults, they grew up in the Bronx in the, in like a very, you know, tough environment. So it's like, you know, these funny connections, like, and, and we don't recognize that. I didn't go to, I didn't go to New York for the first time until I was a, a young adult myself, but you know, was, those stories kind of still sat with me. So sure. I think um, in terms of answering your question, yes, uh, I I really believe in um, bestowing some of the experiences and stories, but to a, to a point, like right. I, I purposely have to catch myself not going into advice mode. That's what I was wondering. That's, that's ultimately where I was getting at with yeah. this question. <laughs> yeah. Because I, unfortunately, the advice mode um, um, uh, takes you out of listening mode, right? Yeah. So the, the the spending the time to listen, uh, I believe, are really critical to support, especially when they get to a certain maturity, right? They, they right. have their own thoughts. You need to let them um, expand on what they're feeling. You need to listen to them in order for them to gain independence. So those foundations of just like just the basic, pillars like you call them the intellectual development the emotional development the social development um even physical development i think that um you know we can advise and give them experiences to some extent but i'm a male she's a female the, my kids are, are females thankfully you know I, I i have a really strong and independent um, wife um so we're trying to um do our best as parents in terms of um, help our children, you know, uh, understand for themselves independence and accountability yeah. and accountability to themselves and, and then all those other responsibilities that, that come with it. So, so I guess it, it's definitely been an evolution as a parent and I, sure. uh, it's prepared me. Uh, it's a, a over the last whatever eleven years since Syrah has been born, it's uh, been uh, it's been a big big learning experience. So I've I've I feel like I've as a parent compared to my parents, I feel like there's been a leap forward. I hope that them that what we teach them is a leap forward as well in right. terms of how they you know how they interact with their own kids. I think that's like it, that tends to be. So we've done over a hundred episodes of this podcast, and um, the majority of those have been interviews with other dads like this and that tends to be kind of like the underlying message in all of them i think is is there's so much of like i've learned this i'm doing this 
but there's again back to what we were talking about with your principles like there's room to do better it doesn't mean that yeah i'm doing wrong or that the the generations before me were necessarily doing wrong it just is that continual ability to look at it reassess it and grow and i mean i think that's one of the most important lessons that we can teach our kids is just that like that yeah. we're not nothing is nothing's ever good enough and not not in a way of like you need to keep striving but just there's always that room there's always that room to adjust and grow and learn um yeah and, and if, I could, if i could just add one thing like i think that the um you know adult speak like you if i was to take specific things out of catapult and apply it like which this is something that we've been doing before this book came out like in adult speak we refer to it as emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. So I, I, I strongly believe in that. I, you know, I talk about it in, in the, in the book, but in other words, like just spending more time being mindful, like you, you know, you were on mountain biking, having affection with the kids, um, that emotional connection, you know, and thankfully over the last 18 months, you know, we've been able to be a lot more involved day to day uh, versus the sporadic bursts, which are, you know, I think most common for people sure. that are busy or entrepreneurial, like we're, everyone's trying to play that juggling act, to try to be a good father and good husband. And, and then at the same time, entrepreneurial. So, you know, the pandemic time is like allowed some time to just think about how do you be effective as a, as a parent and a, and a friend um, to these young humans. So that connection that we have with our children's is so critical for the maturity and development. Um, and another important thing that st stands out in this, in terms of correlation between the book is this, this, the idea of change, which we refer to, I think it, it can, it's broadly kind of encompassed in terms of social capital, right? Having children understand the relationships to community, the relationships to school, and then eventually, you know, when they mature in, in, in the work, go into the workforce, or even if they're lucky, they, you know, you know they get odd jobs here and there. Um, the key thing to do right now is to support them and, and promote that, um, that personal well-being that, that, that they're, that they have connections outside of your four walls of your home. Right. Um, you know, they, they, it's important for them to have accountability with a athletic coach, you know, if they're, if they're in sports yep. or, uh, you know, their, their math tutor or whoever, you know, th that, or their teacher um, it's important for them to do community service. They see their parents do community service. They recognize that accountability and what doing good teaches them with others. So those, are, those things I think are, are important knitting right now. That's all, that's all part of development, but, it's funny, like there's just so so many fun ways to to do that that makes it relatable to them rather than just trying to push your own agenda to them. Yeah, I think that's a really hard balance. So personally, my wife and I were having that conversation a lot um, before the pandemic with our daughter, just like trying to find that thing to go and do with her for us to be able to do with her to, to give that community feedback or that community engagement piece. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic hit and obviously everything went off the rails, but trying to get back into that and finding that thing that is exciting to them. But then there's also the element of like, but sometimes you just got to do things too, right? Like sometimes it may just be that you're just handing out clothes at a homeless shelter or whatever it may be, but that that's such a hard um, balance finding that, that thing 
Um, yeah, it, we're we're lucky, you know, that we 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 have a we're we're dogs. privileged compared to growing up ourselves. You know, right. Our parents uh, went through a lot of hardships to give us the lives that we've that we've had. So now, you know, we have that responsibility going forward. You paid paid forward. So. I think it's a huge confidence boost when you give the responsibility back to the yeah your, your son or daughter and say, you know get they they get to decide yeah you know, if they don't want to do anything then don't force them but I think nine times out of ten when they see their impact of their good of the good things they're doing versus the bad things that they're doing or the negative things they're doing right they want to their hearts are going to continue to grow in terms of the good things. So it's, it's just exposure. I think like, unfortunately, like all of us, we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And our, our responsibility as parents is just to keep giving them that experience, that, that exposure, broaden that as much as, as much as possible, but, but keep it like, like fun. I'll tell you a little story. So I yeah. started doing um, my, I used to be a competitive swimmer. It's been frustrating for me that my kids, because I, I, I started competitive swimming late, like at age thirteen, I've been like, okay, ever since my my first was born, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, they're gonna go into swimming. I always thought it was like swimming was a great like sport. Um, it's overall. a fantastic sport. Yeah, it teaches you so much. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, for whatever reasons, like you know, that that hasn't been necessarily the sport that's resonated with my 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 two girls. They they can swim, but but they're not swimming uh, competitively yet. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we started, so I took a different tactic this, this, uh, this summer. I said, okay, you know, let's go try some different things in the water. Like, so we, tr- we signed up with a paddleboarding club in San Diego and they do a whole bunch of different paddleboard sports. And I was, I was interested in doing some paddleboarding as well. And so I, I've been able to start training and doing that. And then um, Syra is doing outrigger canoe. So cool. she's really liking it and she really is t- uh, taking full advantage of her, of her upper body strength. Um, and, and she's out in the water building confidence on the open water by herself. Right. And, yeah. and, um, and it's made her appreciate her love for the water. Hopefully it's genetically there, just like my love for the water. <laughs> but the, the funny story is that um, they know how much I love open water. So I, I like swimming in the ocean or, open open water as much as i can um and both my girls are obsessed with this show called rogue sharks that's on disney plus okay we'll have to check that out (laughs) and and of course when you swim on open water it's the biggest fear in your mind is like okay i'm hopefully not going to get shark attack you know like but they (laughs) they purposely you know use that as a little poke and prod to me about about that so she is you know she's using humor in her own way um you know it's kind of sick humor in a, in a way, but I, I, I thought it was very crafty yeah. in terms of her approach. So it's, it's, I think those things are keeping it, keeping it real for these kids, right? Like exposure and then make it relatable so that they're having fun, fun doing it. So, you know, we can continue making poke, poking fun at, at, at different things. And Nina's very, <laughs> lucky. she has, she's a really funny, she's always uh, trying new joke material on us or vice versa. That's good. You gotta, you gotta be the, uh, gotta be the punching bag sometimes, you know, like it's, uh, it's, uh, it makes it certainly, it's good on so many levels, but there's, there's such a normalization it does of just making us all human, you know, and being able to laugh is, uh, yeah, it's, 
is very important. Um, well, hey, I want to ask you um, one or two more questions before we head to our our rapid fire questions. Um, the first one, we will you just tell talk a little bit about Yell Canada? It sounds really cool what you guys are doing with that um, with that organization. Yeah, it's so really happy about that. Um, proceeds from Catapult will go towards Yell Canada. It's an organization that I co-founded. Uh, with two wonderful friends, Amit Sandhu, who's a managing director, and Ratan Baga, uh, who's a director. And then we have uh, um, uh, Sarah Lubick, who's also a, a director. Um, but it's a registered charity, and it's helping uh, to provide uh, school districts uh, with this cutting-edge curriculum. Uh, it's focused on foundational learning in business, as well as leadership, and then self-development, and, um, and being mindful in the business world. Um, so uh, students get to participate year round and then they also compete in a venture challenge every year um, that that continues to expand district by district. And we we hold and host one ultimate venture challenge every year. And um, I think we're going into our ninth or tenth year next year. I keep forgetting what, what year it is, but it's a it's a, it's it's a program that's definitely grown and I'm really, really proud of what we've accomplished there. That's really cool, man. And I'm sure another kind of opportunity in the, you know, parenting-esque world of being able to see the impact on these kids and inspiring and lighting fires under them. I'm sure that's a, that's a very rewarding thing. Yeah. So the genesis of that incidentally is because um, the three of us that co-founded it, we were very fortunate to be given some great entrepreneurial experience um, just from our families. And, and so I think inevitably we had this certain level of confidence that came along with that and in and, and confidence i mean that, that we, we also that worked against us and made us like oh yeah i'm falling yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, but but the but the key thing was that you know you when you get exposure you see your parents and your uh, uncles and aunts like do these different businesses and stuff like that inevitably that exposure you know carries it over to you so that's what we wanted to do at a much more broader scale. Not everyone gets that same level of experience and exposure. And um, I've seen that translate over to, to our kids, you know, they're always thinking about or tinkering with kind of, here's my new idea. This is what I want to do. Or um, you know, I think, I think the entrepreneurialism translates into any career, whether you're an accountant or you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, it, all of our jobs involve a, sense of entrepreneurism um, in terms of catalyzing growth or, or helping others or, you know, um, uh, overall success of, of a business or your, or, or yourself uh, or the people that you're working with. So uh, I think, I think there's a lot that the, that the Yale Canada and that whole philosophy of that kind of organization provides. I think it's really cool, man. I was, that was one of the things when I was reading your, your guest form, I was really excited to, to hear you talk about it. it just sounded like a really, um, unique opportunity for a lot of those kids that are able to be involved in it. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question to you before we head into our rapid fire, what, what's been one of your uh, most challenging moments of, of fatherhood for you and you know, why and how'd you overcome it and all that? Whoa. Um, yeah. Time with the kids was a challenging um, moment, you know, a challenging thing prior to COVID it, working like, you know, crazy or traveling a lot um definitely this 
period, you know, uh, having that opportunity to, to put on paper what I believe in, in terms of principles was, sure. was, was ultimately started because I, I was trying to hold myself accountable to what do I expect of myself going forward? And you, you first part of your career, you're like, it's like this checklist that you're checking off, get an education, um, get a, going on a career, <laughs> get married, <laughs> uh, have kids, you know, it's like, then, then all of a sudden all that happens and then you're like, what's next. So, so, so the big part of this is like, uh, well, if you, if you have, you know, if you're fortunate to have, um, accomplished what you feel like, you know, you wanted to accomplish in this first part of your life, then what's, how are you going to, you know, retain it, keep it and make sure that it grows. And, and I've learned a lot of lessons of, I think from being, um, like I said in the beginning, the, this whole, responsibility of father of being a father has been probably the most important job out of any of any job on any role that I've played. And, um, the most important thing I've learned out of that is do what you say you're going to do and, and make sure that, you know, you have that commitment to your children, um, and, um, respect mom always. Um, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, there's, there's so many, like cool things that the kids and this whole family ecosystem provides you out of the ecosystem sounds like a business term, but it's like, this. Oh, I'm following you, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a unique thing. I mean, it is, it is, it is it's your, for you guys, for us, it's that, it's that core four. And I mean, that's everything revolves around that. If uh, you can take work away, right. You can take, right. When I was develop, working on my own purpose statement, um, my executive coach challenged me to take we were working, I was working for a cancer company. So ultimately you're already doing, you feel like you're doing, making a contribution in some altruistic way because you're developing a drug that helps people with cancer. But she's like, okay, well, what if you took that away? What if you didn't have that company and you weren't developing a drug, then what's your purpose? And it's like, wow, that's, and I, I don't know where I would be without my family. Like, you know, that, yeah the the tougher thing is like trying to determine your purpose if you take all of these parts away but it makes you reflect on what you could do differently to ensure that that foundation helps you grow as a as an individual so um one of my cool things that my dad taught me was um and i'm not that good at it is a is a is a spiritual side so my dad was very uh, strong on spirituality and and um, we we spent a lot of time doing uh, reading scriptures and 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 learning from that and I haven't done that with my girls um, still we we we're, we're faithful but uh, at the same time it's been um, uh, haven't been as strong on the spiritual uh, spiritual side but I think that's one of the things I can I, I you, you made me think about just right now. I don't know how that, that, that got, that got triggered, but that's something that probably is the, is the next evolution as these kids kind of get their own um, stride of independence and responsibility. Hopefully it evolves into a maturity of strong emotional intelligence. And then eventually, you know, some level of spirituality. It's really funny. You said that I'm sitting here laughing because my dad's over here shaking his head because I think if there's a, he, he would probably change a handful of things about choices that I've made, but if there's one thing, he would definitely have our asses having more, uh, more 
organized faith-based probably than faith formation than, than we do, or we provide for our children. But, um, I grew up in a, a Catholic household, Catholic school, K through 12 and all that jazz. And we've far past that exit (laughs) many, many, many years ago, far past that exit. (laughs) Yeah. And you can take many different shapes and forms. I think it's just a matter of just even meditation. It just goes a long way. Hey man, I'm, I, I'm telling you, that's, I find so much of that in, in, I read a lot of Ryan Holiday's books and um, I I find a lot of that in just reading the daily stoic every day. I mean, there's, there's a lot of correlation there between just being a good person and, the faith piece of it, right? Like, it's, it makes it kinda... you, yeah, it makes you think about different, different things. I have the same book, the daily stoic or yeah. has the daily one every day. Yeah. My friend um, uh, got me hooked on that book and we, they, I refer to it every day and it's always a reminder, even as these years, you know, continue, you still look at the same page and you're reminded like, Oh, yep. that's, that's a good one. Yeah. He's done a good job on that. He really has. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic book. I, I would love to get him on the podcast one day, but we'll see how that goes. But all right, man, well, we'll, we'll jump into our rapid fire here. So um, handful of questions, just first thing that comes to mind, these are just fun and easy. So don't, don't take it too seriously. Okay. Um, first question for you. What is your drink of choice? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> usually like if i if i could if i could drink it without it making me um unhealthy i would i'd be an ice cold coca-cola glass bottle from the back of the fridge nice especially in the summer times but yeah. um but in yeah like recently it's been lime margaritas <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> i've been i've been like uh trying out these different tequilas that's fun, man. I had a, I had a Mexican Coke out of a, you know, the glass yeah, bottle yeah, yeah. and everything the other day. And it was, it was, I forgot just how damn good there. It was really hot. So it was one of those things exactly. where it was like, <laughs> I was, I was downtown. I walked by my buddy's butcher shop and I know he sells them there. And I grabbed one and just drank it standing on the street it was like, God, these are so good. <laughs> I was, uh, my friend would just did a race this weekend and it was his first half Ironman. And it's a pretty long, long race, but um, especially if it's hot, then you, yeah. you, you just, your electrolytes get all off. So I told him, okay, you know, stick to your nutrition plan. And if all else fails at mile six or seven, switch to Coca-Cola. Yep. If it's an option, because it's going to get you through the last six miles. Um, yep. And it's, it's worked for me. I, I did that in multiple races. It's, it's something about Coke. It just opens up that happiness. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Coke, Mountain Dew, Red Bull, but Coke, I, I, I've got some buddies that do, that do, uh, Mountain Dew on their halves of full irons. And I just, I don't know why that seems so much worse than Coke when they're probably the exact same thing in all reality, but it's like, Oh no, no way. Um, all right. Next song, uh, or next question. I'm sorry. What's, uh, what's your favorite band? What's your favorite thing to listen to? Been a long time fan of, uh, of Phil Collins and Genesis, uh, and Dave Matthews band. I don't know. I have so many different favorites, but out there still, I like, to, to this day, I'll look still put on like a Genesis album and like get taken back. <laughs> I, I would never be able to answer that question. So I, uh, um, what you may have just answered this, but I'm going to ask you it anyways, what, what's the most important lesson that you learned from your dad? I, well, you talk about spirituality. I think that, um, being a, my dad was really good about um, emphasizing being yourself. And I think it's something that you really grasp as a child, um, but you slowly, uh, it begins to align with you as you get older. So 
you know, a lot of people, um, uh, they see themselves in a certain way. So, but you just, you kind of catching up with finding your stride. And that's, that I think it's a difference between these people that are stuck on trying to be, um, this idea of faking it till you make it, um, which is, I don't think genuine and it's not uh, aligned with, but, but it's almost like you visualize yourself for where you want to get to, and then, you know, structure your plan to get there. So you have to be as yourself in order to do that. You're yeah. going to, you're going to find your stride eventually. It's not like you can start, you know, what they, what's a saying, um, uh, walk before you run. Yeah. <laughs> same, right. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, what's, um, what's something that you've learned from your kids? I, lots of stuff. Um, <laughs> I talked about that. So, uh, I think that understanding the importance of positive as well as negative yeah. kind of correlations, um, uh, uh uh, I think that um, uh, this this idea of the, the stop advising, you know, the concept that we talked yeah. about earlier, like it's, I believe, like um, the path towards like that ethical and moral development and that independence um, comes by spending more time listening to them. Um, and. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, like this discipline one has been difficult for me because as a, as a, as like early on in fatherhood, like, <laughs> you know, I was like the only form of discipline I, I knew of is um, from what we learned from our parents. Right. So, and I think our parents had a very draconian discipline relative to today's generation. So that's not really applicable, but I've learned that it's not, you know, it's, it's only use it when it's absolutely necessary. So, so it counts not for some dumb reason. That's usually because, of, because we're parents and there's something else that's impacting our thinking or emotions and stuff like that. Sure. So I think the most important thing I've learned with, from the kids is this idea of empathy and communication being like a key, key part of raising strong kids. Like if you don't have that connection with them, if you can't literally, if they can't feel honest with you and establish that trust with you and all of those things. And then, then it's going to be, um, you're, you're, you're building, um, a false bottom, right? It's, um, so, so in order to, if you want to have those good ground rules, I think that, that, that communication is, is really important. And when I'm talking about important ground rules, it's like the respect, trust, no lying, listening and all those things. I think those are, those are easy to achieve when you have good communication. Yeah. They're, they're the building blocks, right? Like, I mean, yeah. everything else is based, based on that. I really like that answer, man. And, and sorry, I know you kind of answered that and the question about your dad already when we were talking earlier, but I, you were, you were, you were too good when you were saying it. I had to kind of put no, it no, into no. another question. <laughs> um, all right. Last question for you. What uh, normally what I ask is what trait of yours do you hope your kids inherit? But I think what I want to, rephrase that for you just based on your book is which of your principles uh do you hope your kids inherit or, or learn from the most um uh, i think that it would be um uh, you know not to sound cliche but i think it's important um my 
high school counselor was a very um, strong woman that taught me the importance of opening doors for others. So that's something that's stuck with me since 13 years old and, and it's served me very well. Um, sometimes I'm not as effective at it. I, I know like when I'm not and, uh, and I catch myself doing it. Um, so I think if they can um, do what they say they're going to do and follow through and then help others along the way, that would be, that would be a big thing. And um, as being women, I think that's, that's a huge importance right now in, in today's Absolutely, uh, man. era. Of, um, I think a lot of times, um, you know, women, I mean, we know this women don't get treated equally because a lot of people say one thing and then don't follow through. Uh, and especially, especially with women, I have had this conversation with my friend the other day. So, um, in order for them to have that respect, um, you know, uh, it's about, about, about establishing, establishing that it's, a, it's, it's do what you say you're going to do. And then at the same time, uh, continue to open doors, uh, for those around you. I love that. Um, well, Puni, man, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod, uh, tonight. Um, I will have links for the book, um, for y'all Canada, everything that we talked about, uh, in the show notes and obviously on the episode, uh, page on the website, but, uh, man, it really has been, been a great pleasure having you on. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I really did too. This is something that, you know, you don't get an opportunity to talk about and it's really awesome to be able, cause I have not like, it's got my wheels turning in terms of, wow, there's like so many cool things that, that we get, we got a chance to really, um, uh, spend time thinking about in, in terms of what's important. So like, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, man. Well, anytime you want to come back and chat, we'll, we'd be happy to have you. So, um, Thank you. guys, um, as always, like I said, all that, all, everything we talked about will be in our show notes. Um, appreciate you guys being a part of our wake dad, drink, repeat community. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And as always remember to wake dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Wake Dead Drink Repeat is an independently run podcast that is edited and produced by me, Anthony Palmer. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or shoot me an email at todaysdad at wakededrinkrepeat.com. Thanks for listening.